Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Amanda experienced a recent change in her career path, and she struggled with feelings of uselessness and worth. Having known her for about 20 years, I can vouch for her qualities. She's insightful, hardworking, motivated, with an enduring thirst for making things better. So I was curious about the inner conflict she was going through. Let's listen to our conversation. Well, welcome, Amanda. I am so grateful to have you on the podcast. It has been such a fun and an adventurous journey getting to know you. I've known you since you were a teenager, really. And yeah. then you, uh, you know, blossomed in this amazing, beautiful woman who also, in addition to being a talented uh, young kid, you have all these gifts and talents and passions that you have shared with the rest of us for, for quite a long while. So um, that's just my, my little intro. And I know it, it's just like so uncomfortable hearing it about <laughs> yourself. It's like, oh my gosh, when is she going to be done? Okay. But that's the, you know, you know how I feel about you that I, you know, really, I look up to you. I admire you. I just, am, um, inspired by your dedication, your, your work ethic, your desire to make things excellent, and and always wanting to learn, and that's that's one thing you and I have in common, and I think that's one of the things that connects us so well is that not just desire to do well because we both have that, but then also that not just you know to learn more about whatever it is we're doing, whatever it is we're interested in, like how do we take it to the next level. How can I learn more about whatever it is that uh, we're working on? So yes. uh, as a little aside for our listeners, you and I did work for the same company for quite a long time. And now we both find ourselves in a different career paths. So this was a fun way to uh, reconnect. So we're mm-hmm. going to get started by um, getting to know you getting to know you and okay. dive into some of the things we talked about that we were going to talk about. So starting off, I got to stop saying so, so much. I noticed that I use that word. I overuse it. I need to come up with a new transition <laughs> word, new transition word. All right, Amanda, three words to describe yourself. Okay. okay. Uh, I would say passionate, uh, caring, and dedicated. I could not agree more. You know what? I got to put my phone on airplane mode. I forgot to do that. So let me take a second to do that so that we don't get any kind of um, uh, airplane mode. There we go. Mine's on airplane mode. 
How about you? Now you're gone. There you are. Oh, there you are. I see you now. <laughs> okay. You disappeared there for a second. Okay, so three words to describe you. Passionate and remind me of the other two. Caring and dedicated. Yes, gosh. And what an exercise, right, to come up with three words? Because, of course, we, we could use <laughs> so many other words to describe you, but I, I love the idea of selecting words that that really hit home for you as words that describe you to yourself. What's something that not many people know about you? Oh, uh, I used to compete in gymnastics. I was actually pretty good once upon a time, a very long time ago. I did not know that. <laughs> All right. That's a great one. Love that. At this juncture in your life, what are you most passionate about? Oh, too many things. There aren't any more <laughs> Well, that's here. good. I think uh, when all of my compassion or my passions are pulled apart, I think they always have something to do with kids. I really love working with kids in any way, shape possible. All right. So the passion goes back to kids. Whatever, yeah, whatever, always. In whatever form that looks like. Okay. And yeah. You're, and you're, as you know, again, we're contemplating different careers and such and and, and this, you know, could be realistic or not realistic. What is your dream job? Your dream job. My ultimate super crazy reach for the stars dream uh, for a very long time has been uh, and with my husband to uh, run or operate um, a children's center, a youth center. Um where they can, one, be safe and be off the street, uh, have people who love them and look out for them, um, but where they can also foster their talents or find their passions and talents. Okay, so it's, it's probably, it sounds like a lot of different kind of programming, and then in, in addition to that, mentoring. So, yeah. Yeah, so not just custodial you're going to keep them safe of course you're going to do that but then <laughs> the, the other layer of this is doing some fun activities but then also pouring into them and letting them know how valuable they are and they yes. have so much to offer oh i love that 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 is a great dream job for you too <laughs> love that who knows right that's not, Maybe even, that's not even a crazy, that's not a crazy, that's not even a crazy <laughs> vision. You know, if you said, I want, I want to be an astronaut, it might be, well, I, I'm not sure at this point <laughs> if that's really reasonable. But I mean, that <laughs> is really reasonable. No reason. That I, I, I totally back and support that all the way. All right. Thank you. Who would you like to go out to lunch with? I mean, this can be anybody. Living or dead, like, who would you want to go out to lunch with and just, you know, visit, get to know them? Oh, I mean, I feel like there's the ones I should say, but my mind went straight to Carol Burnett. That is I would. 
I would love to sit down and have lunch with that woman. Okay, so why? I, her spirit and uh, she's one of my idols in comedy. I mean, it just, I can't even say enough about her, but her joy and her spirit uh, and how she finds the humor in every situation. I just feel like that would be the most entertaining lunch of my life. (laughs) That does sound like a good lunch. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's good. Our, our last get to know you question, this one's kind of fun. And it's, you're going to, you know, if it takes a moment, that's okay. Two truths and a lie. And then I have to guess the lie. Oh, we used to play this with kids at camp. Okay. Let's think. Two truths and a lie. Okay. Okay. I'm going back to some of the ones I used to use with the kids. Okay. Uh, One, I have broken 14 bones. Two, I occasionally would spend summers with Chuck Norris. And three, uh, and three, I am one of seven kids. Oh, gosh. You know, those are all really good. And some of those could be like, well, I broke 13 bones, not 15. <laughs> or I didn't spend the summer with Chuck Norris. I spent it with The Rock. Or oh. <laughs> I don't have seven siblings. I have eight. You know, those are all really good and really tricky. They're tricky. They are tricky. Really tricky. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to go with the bones. I, I think there's a different number involved with the bones. Wow, well done. I have broken zero bones. Oh, 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 gosh. Thank you, Lord. Yes, zero bones. Okay. Zero bones. So why did you when you decided on that as the lie, why so many bones? I thought if it sounded somewhat ridiculous, it would make you maybe doubt it. Okay. (laughs) As ridiculous as Summers with Chuck Norris might be. No, okay, so now we have to jump right to that. So my gosh, that means you spent some kind of summers with Chuck Norris. Tell us. I mean, I wasn't at his house. Um, but uh my siblings uh do Karate. My brothers own a karate studio that is part of the the Chuck Norris system, and there every summer we have tournaments together in Las Vegas, and it was like a normal thing for us to just go and for the week spend some time. Wow, <laughs> it's real fun. That's pretty cool. Now, did you want, did you ever get to have a conversation with Chuck Norris, or is he was always afar, kind of doing his what he needed to do? Uh, me personally, not as much, uh, but my family, my brothers who were all in karate, um, are quite close and, uh, Chuck has awarded my brothers with, um, you know, studio of the year. And, uh, one of my brothers got, uh, the Aaron Norris award, which is named after his brother and, uh, for exceptional, uh, guidance and leadership in the arts. So, I mean, I personally am not super close, but right. it's just a, it's a fun little thing that happens. It is a fun story. I like that. <laughs> and I, and you do have seven siblings. 
Yeah, there are seven of us. Yeah. Oh, seven of you. Okay. So yes. You, okay. You. That's right. You are one of seven. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Big family. That is a big family. I remembered a big family, but I couldn't remember the exact number. So that's yeah. okay. Very good. Let's move on then. <laughs> Where do you get your sense of worth? Because I, as women, I, I hope that we, if we don't, and of course it's, it's a degree thing, our sense of worth. I think it, it's degrees and I think it comes and goes at different times, but you know, the messages that were spoken into you, where, where do you get your sense of worth from? Well, I wish, I want to say that my sense of worth always comes from my relationship with God and from God. Um, I'd be lying if I said it always did come from that or that I always felt that. Uh, perfect, if that were true. Right. That's the dream. Uh, I think... A lot of times I've maybe not only found my worth, but placed my worth in things like my work and my accomplishments and um, things that I do versus who I am. And I'm trying to kind of redirect that. And it's an ongoing process. But um, my daily, everyday reminder of my worth is my family Mm -hmm. Um, and the love that they make me feel worthy of, uh, is, is really big for me. Right. right. Very good. I like that. And we're going to, we're going to revisit that particular topic in just a moment. Wisdom. Can you think of, um, like some sort of a nugget that you brought with you from childhood or something you've heard recently or, or just something that's always sort of stuck in your mind as I, that's wise. I want to hang on to that. Oh, well, there's, there's one, one thing that my dad used to tell me, and uh, I it is something I still practice to this day and has been very valuable to me. I don't know if it's super wise, but um, definitely something that helped me consider when I'm in these situations. Uh, when I would feel particularly upset about something or with, with a person or I felt something was unfair or um, I really need to confront this with that person. I need to say this. Um, he would say, write it down. All your feelings, everything that you want to say to them, write it down. And then wait three days. Okay. And if that is still something that you feel at that after those three days have passed that is so necessary to say to them, then say it. Or send that letter or write that email or whatever it is. Uh and I will tell you, I never once <laughs> sent that letter. Really? I mean, yeah, because I think it, the three, you know, it, it one, it gives you time to really process all of those really strong feelings that you might be feeling at that particular time um, that has, that prompted you to feel you need to say those things. But it also, you know, as I would wait the three days and think about, okay, I'm really going to say this to the person. I would realize there what I would look at what the benefit from that was. What am I actually hoping uh, the outcome will be from me saying these things? Is it really just to make me feel better or do I see a, a goal being accomplished? Is this to give us better understanding of each other? Is this so you understand my feelings and how you hurt them or whatever it was? Um, and as I would dissect it, I'd realize 
No, the, the only outcome truly, truly that I was wanting from this was to make myself feel better. Um, and it, it changed that, that intention. And I just thought, well, if this isn't beneficial to any other thing other than my own, it might boost me back up to feel like I said what I needed to say. Um, yeah, I always realized this is not necessary. Wow. That is very powerful. That is extremely powerful because I'm thinking, I was in my mind thinking, oh, probably wait a day. But the three days really does make you sort of sit on the whole thing for a, mm-hmm. a good little chunk of time and then go back and revisit. And you have never once. Never said, once. Oh, gosh. Wow. That, <laughs> that is really powerful. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of other women will you know, heed that advice. And I'm, I'm going to work on that one too. <laughs> what do you like to do for fun? What makes you laugh? Cause whimsy is such an important part. Whimsy, playfulness, all those things, I mean, are just such an important part of life. Yes. Uh, laughing is so huge to me. I mean, comedy in life is, is such a big part of who I am. Um, and I'm very lucky to have, a husband and kids that are really hilarious to me as well. Um, we, we really try to keep the playfulness in our house and uh, in our lives. Silly things like on a random day, we might only communicate in song. <laughs> and it's not really a planned thing, but it just happens and we roll with it that everything we say to each other has to be sung. Or it might be accent day, and we just speak in accents all the time. Um, and, you know, parts of it drive my kids nuts, but that's also really fun to us. So we just really try to um, not take life so seriously all the time and um, really find the humor in just our day-to-day activities. And that brings me joy. Now, do you and Josh typically kind of get that started? Have the girls ever started it? Or is that something one of you just kind of does a little something and then the next thing you know, you're rolling with it? I I think at some point all of us have started it. Um, My youngest is actually pretty outstanding with accents. (laughs) And every now and then she'll just come in and it's like, oh, she's British. All right, well, I'm going to respond in a Cockney accent as well, or whatever it might be. Um, She's almost never just a normal eight-year-old human. Uh, Half the time she's speaking to us in a cat language. So, you know, we just roll with it. Are you able to uh, translate her cat language? Are you able to? Well, thankfully, um, when she is a cat, she typically comes with a translator on her own. (laughs) So she will be dressed as a cat as well. And we'll do a little spin to take off the cat equipment. (laughs) And she will, she will translate herself and then do a spin and she's back to cat mode. It's really something to behold. That is, that's a good little theatrical trick. Yes, it is in them for sure. Oh, that's great. Kids can be so entertaining. That is absolutely true. All right, we're going to jump back to what you were talking about before with worth because actually, Ron and I were even talking about this um, 
he asked me what, you know, what are you and Manny going to talk about? And I said, well, you know, part of what we're going to talk about is sense of identity. You know, mm-hmm. where, where do you get that? And one of the things as he and I were talking about it, I realized I was sort of thinking about the relationship to myself but and then to you and then to other women is sort of who are we when you take away what we do and the mom, wife, daughter, sister. Mm-hmm. Those are I, I do not want to minimize those parts of who we are. Those are such important parts of who we are. But I'm talking about like like getting to the core of the essence of who you are is apart from wife, mother, all those other yeah. roles or whatever job or career you currently have or are partaking in, there's there's the core of you. And I guess that's kind of part of what I wanted to talk about and part of what I wanted to hear your thoughts on, because I know that as women, we do struggle with identity, who I am versus what I do. So can you, uh, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about your, your most recent thoughts or your, your evolution of this thought process? Yeah, well, uh, a little background um, on just how this has been uh, so uh, current in my mind uh, during all of this very strange and unusual new times that we're all living in with the pandemic. Uh, during that time, both my husband and I went uh, from both having full-time jobs to all within the same week having a, a we're a, a zero income family. <laughs> so uh, that was definitely very jolting to our family, but also um, to our, our day to day, which had kind of started to build what we saw as our identity. Um, you know, my husband hit a lot of his identity that he found was in himself as a provider for our family. And so that change up was really hard for him. And I had definitely been placing a lot of my worth and my identity in the work that I did. Um, It was, you know, something that I really believed in and was so passionate about and had put about 20 years of my life into um, at this point. So it was really hard to think of who I even was without that. I mean, it, more than half of my life um, being so devoted to this this one thing and this one goal and this one mission. So, uh, you know, I was already struggling with my worth and then these changes happened and um, really kind of shook me up as far as um, having to find out who I was without those things. And that was really, really hard. And I'm still challenging my way through that today. I'm not, I have not succeeded in finding that person yet, but um, it's been scary, but also an exciting uh, time to go through where I get to find out who that is. And really I've been thinking so much about the things that are important to me and what I'm passionate about. And, um, it's, it's been interesting. Um, and to go from having your worth and your identity so built up in your job and, and what you do surrounding that job 
you then find yourself filling out application after application and you're literally putting your worth down on paper. I mean, that is essentially the goal. And, uh, you know, I, I'd finish that paper and look at it and go, Oh boy, (laughs) this is not as impressive as I want that to be. Or as, you know, as the, the worth there is not what I had thought I was or, how do I get my work to translate onto paper to show other people? Um, it was really daunting. And then uh, during this time, trying to find other work and realizing that all of these businesses are having to either close or for sure um, halt all hiring because this whole thing happening, I mean, it's, you can't sit next to somebody and train them at this time and um, to even have the financials to do that. So the, the job market was really squeezing down. And then you have all of these other people who are in the same situation now looking for that same thing that I'm looking for now. Um, and so then I start thinking about all those other people who have put their worth down on paper and how many of them are out there going for that same job and thinking, oh, gosh, why would anybody want me over these other people or, you know, these other people are so much more impressive than I am or have a better education or um, different kind of work experience or whatever that may be. And so it was really just a a cycle of um, really wrestling with my self-worth and what value I might still have. And um, even just picking that, what am I looking for with the job? I mean, my last job, all of my skills were so, tailored to just that one thing and, um, really having to step back and look at where do I want this next time in my life to take me? Um, that was all extremely overwhelming (laughs) for somebody who, uh, just kind of always fell into that thing that I loved and it just was all around me and I got to keep doing it. Um, yeah, it was a, a very big shift in our lives. Um, But, you know, it's one of those, uh, as hard as that all was, I don't know if I've ever felt God moving in our lives as much as I had during these past couple months. I mean, it was so apparent that he was with us during these times and that he was maybe not taking things away from us, but maybe removing obstacles to get us to that next place that we were supposed to be. And it might have been obstacles that we were too afraid to move on our own. I mean, really, it was just beautiful thing after beautiful thing came from this very hard thing after very hard thing uh, that we went through. And um, we really were able to focus on what is important to us right now and how can we take the good from this. Uh, We got a month of all of us being home together, which has not happened in our entire marriage or our life as a family. Um, and while that might not have been the avenue in which I would have chosen it to happen, um, it was such a beautiful time for us. And then another miracle happened where a job did come up for my husband in, in this very difficult time, which is such a beautiful miracle. And um, has been such a blessing and just all, all these little things. Um, we ended up at a new church 
just before this, which was a very big step for us as well. I mean, that it just came to us like we felt drawn to this place. And um, through that, uh, the, the sermons and the lessons that have come just in this time really so much lined up with where we were at even prior to this happening. Um, and it really was just so clear that God had that plan for us. He knew exactly what we needed to hear and when we needed to hear it. So that was really beautiful. And so I started to feel a little better. And then social media happened <laughs> and all of the mom posts. And, uh, you know, I was originally thinking, well, man, I've been kind of making excuses for myself of why I'm maybe not the best mom that I could be. Or maybe I'm, you know, I'd have so much more energy for my kids if only I wasn't working all day and having this in the evenings and just feeling so run down. Uh, well, and here I am with all the, all the mom time in the world and uh, maybe not succeeding as much <laughs> as I would have wanted to. And then, you know, you start to compare yourself. There's these superhero moms out there during quarantine who are turning their kitchens into pizzerias and <laughs> their backyards into science labs. And, uh, you know, it really kind of woke me up and went, oh, man, I could be doing more right now if I weren't just kind of, I, I started to feel like I didn't have a lot of worth. And then I started to act like I didn't have a lot of worth. And um, not that I will be that pizzeria mom, because come on, guys. But <laughs> uh, it was really hard to keep seeing these different things that I felt like, oh, gosh, I am failing at that. These are things, it's just constant reminders of the things that I wasn't doing for my kids. And um, each of those little posts kind of started to chip away at my confidence. But then, uh, again, after some more self-reflection and just great conversations with people, it was like, well, why, if it's chipping away at your confidence, that's something we can't help you with. But why is it chipping away at your worth? Those are two separate things. You know, that's, your worth is not found in how much you bake or roll, you know, pizza dough out on an island with your kids or whatever. Um, and so I really just had to, again, like dissect what I thought I knew and what the, the way I was thinking and the way my brain has kind of been trained to think. And, um, I realized I was placing my worth in certain areas that didn't really hold my worth. Um, so it's, it's been a long road and I think I still have a long road ahead of me, but, uh, yeah, God has just had that path for us. And, um, it's been, I think maybe the first time in my life, which is so sad to say, but where I really have just been trusting the Lord. It's really easy to think that you're trusting God when all the things are going right. <laughs> um, it, I think it was really, we were put in a situation where we had to really know that God was there for us. And we really did have to just trust that as long as we're putting in our work and we're putting in our efforts and our faith and all of that, that there will, this will be blessed. Whatever is going to happen is what's supposed to happen. And um, not that we don't have a little control over how that comes about. 
but right. uh, yeah, it, it's been a, a crazy ride and it's been really sad knowing that there are so many other people who were also in this um, very difficult phase in life, but also oddly comforting to know that we, we are all going through this kind of all together. I mean, even the the people who still have their jobs and the businesses that maybe are thriving, um, there's struggle all around. And it does kind of help to put things in perspective. And uh, it helped make us a lot more aware of the different um, miracles that God has been working around us and through others' lives as well. I love the way you describe it as a process because it, I, I believe that it really is. It's not like you can like achieve it and then check. I'm done with that. <laughs> no, you're not. It's, it's ongoing and it's for life. And mm-hmm. I also like very much that you recognize that it's through the struggle and through the difficulty that you're being shaped and molded and refined and being guided and directed toward where you are meant to be going. And that's sometimes really hard to accept because like, no, 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 wait a minute. That wasn't the plan. That wasn't, that wasn't the plan, but that, but yes, it is. And this is the direction you're now heading in. Yeah. I think that's great. I, you know, as somebody who knows you, I, I'm, I I guess baffled might be a good word. I'm baffled by you questioning your worth because I, I see you, as a fellow woman, as such a a worth, not just worthwhile, but that you have so much worth and so much value. And I guess it surprises me that you don't see enough of that in yourself. And and by that, I am not talking about um, arrogance or grandiose, you know, narcissistic type thoughts at all. I'm just talking about good, healthy, I know my value. I know my worth. I know um, what I have to offer. I know who I, you know what it boils down to. I was thinking of this. Who, who am I? You know, who am I? Mm-hmm. And again, going back to taking away the roles that we have and the job that we have, who, you know, who am I? Who are you in your like way deep down? Who are you? So I love that you are, in the process of figuring some of that out, I love that you have learned that who you are is not what you do. Those are not the same things at all. Yeah. And who you are, and yes, you're a wife and a mother and a daughter and a sister and all those wonderful things, but that still isn't just who you are. There's so much more to it than that. Another thing that uh, we talked about was a fear of failure. Yes. Where are you, where are you kind of weighing? I mean, where are you, how are you navigating that? Because you, you mentioned that at the fear of failure. Are you feeling that from the past? Or are you feeling that for the future or a mixture? Yeah. I, you know, there was never that one big thing that I failed at that scarred me for life or anything like that or gave me that, that great fear. Um, I have always considered myself somebody that had really high work ethic. I mean, that if I commit to 
a job or a project or anything, I'm going to, I'm going to follow it through to the end. And I, like you said, I mean, we're, we're both people that we're going to do this and we're going to do it the best that we can with the highest of excellence. Um, and that was something I always have taken pride in, but then, uh, I wondered like how much of that is because I want that good outcome and how much is just like, I would be afraid to fail at that or what people might think if I didn't hit that achievement of excellence or whatever, you know, that something is. Um, and I wondered what really powered that, that work ethic in me. And, um, not to say that the work ethic changed and I, I do still think I have, you know, that, that strong work ethic that I learned from my parents and my family who's always worked really hard. Um, but I've just always lived with this kind of pit in my stomach that is so afraid to fail people. Um, is it and people I, or yourself or both? Oh, that's so good. Probably both. I mean, realistically, I think, uh, again, I think it kind of goes back to, again, where I found that worth that if I fail, that lowers my worth. Or if I, you know, in other people's eyes or in my own eyes. Um, do you see now that that's a lie? I do, but it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, I, I, want, I just want to be really clear that that is a lie. Right. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. I think, you know, I've, with the, the arts background that I've had, I think, um, it's been beneficial to help me come off as confident and to present as confident typically, but I definitely still wrestle with a lot of the, um, the same fears that I'm sure a lot of us have. And it's something I talked with you about too, was just that feeling of uselessness once my job that kind of consumed my, my every moment was done, I felt totally useless. Like, what am I, what am I giving to society right now? Um, and then I, you know, through all of that, I went, Oh, well, I can just be a way better mom. I mean, really I can give this time now to my kids where there, there is nowhere else that is needing my time right now. Um, and that, was a really beautiful realization to make. And I mean, that's the most worthwhile thing I could possibly be doing is to give love to my kids and to help, um, kind of shape the human beings that they're becoming and, um, help them navigate their own fears and their own insecurities. And, uh, one of the things I realized is, you know, you give really good advice to your kids <laughs> or, or to others, you know, and, um, I had many of those moments where I was talking to my own children about, you know, why are you so upset that you failed that test or missed that word or that math quiz or whatever? Why are you so upset by that? And it, oh, I'm embarrassed or whatever the reason might have been. And I'm finding myself having that talk with them that that's what a test is for, is to help you learn and to get you farther and to, to, tell you where you're at so that you can progress. And this is only a small moment in life and all these things. And then I was like, Oh shoot, <laughs> I have to listen to this. I have to also, you know, walk that for my kids and show them that. And I believe it. I believe it a hundred percent. I just don't always, um, allow that for myself. And I need to start really taking my own advice there right getting it from the head and the heart 
out into like how you um, like the choices you make and how you see yourself. So I've, I've got a question for you. What, what would happen if you failed at something? Well, <laughs> I, I, don't, I wanted to ask you what, Rochelle, what did I fail at? Um, I think, I don't know. There's, there's different outcomes to everything, but I mean, the, to the point, how much do I hold in my hands right now? I mean, I not, you know, the perspective of this world, I am not the end all be all of these things. I do need to kind of bring things into perspective where it's like, if my little spreadsheet didn't blow people's minds, that is okay. I will, I will recover. Um, so yeah, no, it really is. It's, it's been a very humbling time of, uh, real perspective kind of just uh being back in my life well and that's it exactly because you carried it through you you like the fear of failure okay what if they don't think the spreadsheet is as amazing as i think it is (laughs) or whatever not you know the world is going to keep spinning yeah you're going to move on to the next spreadsheet or whatever (laughs) i think sometimes self-talk and walking through some of those questions like, okay, I'm trying this endeavor. What happens if I fail? Well, first of all, what is failing anyway? That, that would Mm -hmm. be, that would be one question I have. Like, how are we defining that? That would be a really big piece to help inform your own reaction to it. I mean, is it a failure if you tried something? Surely that even if it didn't, proved to be wildly successful by whatever standard, surely you gain something from that that you can take with you to the next whatever it is. So how is that even a failure, I guess? Right. I feel like we need to just kind of completely shift how we are looking at some of these things. So that, yeah, okay, that, that wasn't quite what I was hoping for. All right. But this is what I am taking. This is the takeaway. This is what I am bringing with me from that experience onto the next thing. I think if, Absolutely. We, if we do so much more of that, and again, it's, it's, you know, I call it unabashed you, you know, because I want women to be themselves without apology because we, I think so often we feel like we're, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. We, we're just too sorry. And, and again, I don't mean that in an arrogant way that we shouldn't be sorry, but I mean that in a, in a confident, sure of ourselves mm-hmm. way. And okay, I, you know, if you had a failure, quote unquote, again, what, what, what's the takeaway? What can I bring with me and keep moving? Because, oh my gosh, I mean, who hasn't had whatever you even want to define of as a failure of failure? I mean, everyone, everyone. So it's not even like you're in a boat by yourself. I mean, everyone has had some kind of missteps or bummers or whatever. So, you know, how, how you define it, how you look at it and how you, navigate through it and then move on from that. I think are things as women we need to look at more closely. Definitely. So, so there I go again with my show. <laughs> Gosh, I got to get on a thesaurus and look up some synonyms for so, and we're right here nearby. The slower pace, you mentioned that 
for you and your family. It's given you an opportunity to really reconnect. And I, I think that's true of a lot of families are really enjoying on some level this time of spending more time together. And then the slower pace, what has that done for you and your family that we haven't already talked about? Well, I really am loving this slower pace. Obviously not loving the, the situation that brought us here, but um, getting to spend this time with my family, uh, I'm so blessed that we really do enjoy spending so much time together. I know that there are maybe couples who maybe work best with that little bit of, you know, separation time there during the day um, or kids that um, might take a different energy level, but we are just really enjoying this time. Um, obviously still with the struggles and the, the little annoyances and whatnot, but uh, this is, just a time that I, you know, living in San Diego, especially that I don't know we'll be able to have forever <laughs> for that much time. I mean, I will have to have another job eventually. And I'm so blessed that we're in a position where we're okay that I don't have a job right now for the, the time being. Um, but we were truly as a family busy from sun up to sun, sundown. I mean, we enjoyed having our schedules filled and, and we filled them. <laughs> we, uh, especially for my husband and I, we had endless projects that we were doing or extra work that we would do with kids in the evenings and our own kids having, you know, a different dance class or event each night of the week. And that was just our norm. So to, to go to this <laughs> new norm, uh, it is weird and it, it took some getting used to, but I really am just going to treasure it while we have it. Cause I am pretty certain that once things start to, you know, whatever our new normal is, as things start to pick back up and um, I'm sure we'll be right back out there doing our dance classes and all those evening things. But uh, for now, I'm just going to, write it and <laughs> love that I'm here with my kids and getting to know them better. I hear what you're saying. I, I'm kind of hoping that we end up somewhere in the middle of being so, so overscheduled to now being like, like hardly anything on the calendar, which is fine with me. I hope that our newer normal is somewhere in between where it's a slower pace and where we can, really enjoy and be in the moments instead of, you know, got to hurry through this because I got to get on to the next thing. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I'm kind of hoping that that becomes a new normal. Yeah, I, I see it. Um, a lot of interesting new norms coming out of this. I think um, my kids were homeschooled already through this year, which that was another blessing that, um, with the other disruptions to our life during all of this, that that was a constant for them and that they were able to have that normal for themselves, I think was really important for our family. Uh, but I'm hoping that through this and we were homeschooled because that worked best for our kids. And I'm hoping there might be some more options now available for families to choose what might work best for their kids, maybe hybrid 
like programming or um, working around parents' work schedules better, that work might look a little different, that maybe some at-home time becomes a little more of the norm for people who work full-time and um, that uh, working family life around those different things that we have to do, like work in school, might maybe be a little more harmonious um, as we move forward. So that's kind of my hope. Um, I know for me, it was really hard always working full time, feeling like I was missing so much of my kids. I mean, just, you know, when you looked at hours of the day, they were away from me more than they were with me during our awake hours. So um, I loved the days that I got to at least work from home, even though they were doing their school and I was doing my work we were in the house together and we eat lunch together and just get those little interactions. So I'm hopeful that um, we might be a little more accepting of those different options that people might need to work their, their unique family dynamic around each other. I would love that. The last question I had was your hopes for the future. And you've talked some about, well, you've talked about, hybrid learning and some of the new things that we're going to be able to take, maybe working more remotely from home and those sorts of things is, are there any other hopes that you have for the future? Well, I think, uh, one of the things, I don't know if it's a hope other than just that it would continue. Um, it was so funny. My, we do our once a week grocery shopping, my husband and I, and, uh, we were heading to the store this last week and, uh, there was a, a line clear out the store, wrapping the building, you know, just to get in because they were keeping the numbers inside the store under what it needed to be, uh, which I appreciate. So we're, we're on our way. We, we see the start of the line at the front doors and we're walking all around the building. And as we were going, I think I made a joke that like, whoop, it's still going or something. And a woman responds like, oh, don't worry. It's moving fast, girl. You're good. And I made a joke back like, oh, hey, this is my my one day a week that I get out of the house. I am cool with waiting. And then she made a joke back. And then 10 steps farther, somebody else made a joke with us. And then 10 steps. So I started dancing down the line and someone else started dancing as they passed. And uh, it was something that I'm like, wait, we're doing this outside of a Walmart right now? (laughs) It just felt like I don't converse with people in a Walmart line typically. Um, We kind of all just go about our own business. Well, I should, I'm going to start now. Yeah, I think you need to, (laughs) (laughs) but it was just one of those, we're all wearing our masks and our muffled speaking. And, um, it just, there was something about it that made us all feel like we're in it together. I think it was just how I felt at least walking down the line. And it it was that little thing that kind of connected all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know not every single person is, connected on how things are are going but um that was the most enjoyable Walmart trip I think we've had it was so funny we had people making jokes all the way you know through the lines and um we just my husband and I kept looking at each other like what is happening right now everybody is in such a cheery mood and it just we ended up seeing the same people as we were walking through the store and they were like still going and you know everybody was just doing the best that they could, you know, with the situation that we had. And I think if we could all keep those attitudes and that little feeling of connection, I would just love that. Yeah, there is good 
coming out of this amongst yes. you know, the death and the disease and, and all the hard work by the first responders. There, There is good coming out of this. And I, I love that you brought that up, that you're seeing that and people are wanting to and, and feeling more connected just through simple things like hanging out in the line at Walmart. Did you, did you, were you just about ready to break out in a song and start you know, choreographing a number? You know, that's a pretty normal thing for me at Walmart, to be truthful. So, I don't know. I mean, you can't put it past me. Uh, one of the ways, uh, you know, when we, my husband and I end up shopping in different aisles, I can always locate him because I hear tap dancing down the aisle. Oh, that is so great. <laughs> so, that that's kind of a norm for us. Oh, but. I love it. I love it. Well, Amanda, it has been such a pleasure, just an absolute privilege to be able to spend this time with you chatting and I love the connection that we've had all these years and uh, we've seen shows together and traveled together for work (laughs) and we just I think we have a neat bond and I'm grateful for it me too and I have to say too on all of this that we talked about with with worth and identity um one of the people who has made me feel the most worth in my life, Rochelle, is you. And you you are, I feel like, one of the first who really saw a lot in me. But beyond that, you were somebody that's always been a truth giver. Um, and that when it comes to knowing where your identity is and knowing where your, your worth is, we don't need people who are just going to fluff us up. You know, we, we want <laughs> authenticity and the, yes. the truth giving there and yes. you've always been such an advocate for uh, being real and being you know unabashed you and so uh while that is something I've always struggled with is not apologizing you know for who I am and all of that you've really been that advocate uh for me through these years and I just can't thank you enough for that well, gosh, what a blessing. Thank you for those kind words. I will just treasure them and ponder them in my heart. For sure. <laughs> well, give a big hi to your family for me. And I will. I will do my, it's not really magic, but my editing, the, the things I've learned, you just would, you'd be so impressed, the things I've learned. <laughs> but once I put everything together, I will be sure and let you know that it's up and ready. So you can be the first to take a list to take a listen. Awesome. I'm so excited. I love you so much. Thank Thank you. you. I love this. I'm glad we got to chat. Me too. All right. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye, Amanda. Bye. What a great opportunity Amanda has to continue to delve into discovering who she is. She gets to ask herself the questions with which there are not fast, easy answers. Who am I? What am I looking for? Where do I want to go? She has made a distinction between confidence and worth, and she's working on that fear of failure. We all need to work on that one. What really is it? I'm learning to minimize its value so that any step forward has something for me to learn. If I can take something away, how can that be a failure? Thanks, Amanda, for being the guest in this episode of Unabashed You. Hey, be sure and visit us at unabashedyou.com for further thoughts, photos, and inspiring quotes. 
Plus, you can be part of the movement by emailing us at unabashedyou at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, things you ponder or wonder about, any additional insight you want to share. Maybe you have questions or want to delve into a topic. Bring it. We are game. And today's blessing, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift his countenance upon you and bring you his peace, both now and forevermore. Ladies, go be unabashed. Be you.